Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. What's up, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm coming to you live today from my brand new studio, and uh, that's an absolute piss take. I'm actually sitting in the back of my parents' car because I'm over in Adelaide at the moment uh, visiting them on their holiday with Sam and uh, I needed somewhere to record today's show. So here we are sitting in the back seat, uh, sipping on my coffee and recording this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Now, before we get stuck into today's show, uh, I do have a small favor to ask with the Australian Podcast of the Year Awards coming up um, in a couple of months' time, I believe it is. The Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast actually is up for an award in the health and wellness section um, but we do need your help. So I'm going to leave the link in the show notes today uh, for you to leave a vote if you haven't already or if you would like to. Obviously, you don't have to, but if you feel like you've gained some value from the show, please do leave a vote. Um, it would be muchly appreciated or greatly appreciated, whichever word you meant to use there. Who really gives a shit? All right, so conveniently, the uh, the new studio, aka my parents' car, is actually right next to an airport as well, which is um, spot on. So if you hear a big A3 a380 or a 3747 or whatever <laughs> what the fuck they're called uh that is that is why but i've got a good episode for you guys today um there's kind of two parts that i want to get through and the first one is revolving all around fat loss and then i'm going to answer probably five uh questions that i got off my instagram story yesterday but to start off today's show what i wanted to talk about is this now fat loss is obviously probably the most common um the most com- the common goal when it comes to health and fitness and wellness and, and in terms of marketing in terms of what people ask questions about that's typically the number number one topic now because of that and because of the fact that there's so many trainers out there and there's so many shitty trainers as well there's also so many programs that are purely there out to make uh, a, a lot of money which uh, you know, in terms of a business model, a lot of them are fantastic. But in terms of actually helping people, having an impact, and and doing good for people in terms of their health and wellness, it's shit. And there's a lot of bad information and myths out there around fat loss. So I wanted to clear up a few of those today, and actually go through some of the reasons or the excuses that people use as to why they can't lose body fat, um, and kind of debunk those myths and and tell you why it's a lot of shit. To be honest. So let's start off with number one, and that is drinking coffee and tea on the daily now so many times people will tell me that you know i'm starting to lose body fat i want to get a bit leaner so i've cut out my coffees um, i'm not having tea anymore and i straight away i ask them why the hell would you do that because there's nothing in coffee and there's nothing in tea that's stopping you from losing body fat um the thing the thing where people the thing you need to think about with coffee and tea is this if you're having let's say milk in your coffee two to three times per day and you might have one or two sugars in there as well and it's the same with tea then that's calories and where people go wrong is they don't track those calories or they don't account for the fact that milk even though it's a small amount even though it's only a little bit of sugar it has calories in it so as long as you are accounting for the calories in the milk and the sugar then it does not matter as long as you're within your calorie goal you're hitting your protein targets and if you're tracking your macros you're still hitting your macros then it doesn't matter how many coffees and teas you have per day coffee is actually a great stimulant it's something that's going to help you temporarily increase your metabolism it's going to be something that's going to help you uh, train at a higher intensity so there's absolutely no reason to cut it out so if you enjoy coffee 
if you enjoy tea and you want to lose fat, then there's zero reason why you need to cut that out of your, your daily intake. Okay, so that's the first one I want to get through. The second one, eating carbohydrates. Now, fat loss ultimately comes down to calories in versus calories out and being in a negative energy balance. Regardless of how many carbohydrates you eat, regardless of how many grams of fat you eat. Now, I said it over and over and over again, but if you have your calorie intake set to either you know a calorie deficit if you're trying to lose fat, maintenance if you just want to maintain your weight, or surplus if you want to gain weight, and your protein minimum set, it does not matter what the ratio of carbohydrates and fats are because typically you'll hear someone say, you know, I've gone on a low-carb diet and all of a sudden I've lost all this weight. Yeah, well, no fucking shit because you've just cut out a whole macronutrient group and cut out a lot of calories from foods that you were probably getting a lot of before. You know, how often do you, do you hear about someone going no-carb or low-carb diet and before that they weren't eating many carbs anyway? Not very often at all. A lot of the time, they're eating a lot of shit, a lot of getting a lot of sugars and a lot of, uh, and there's nothing wrong with sugar, but there is something wrong with getting too many calories from your carbohydrates if you're going to be in a surplus. But what you need to understand is that carbohydrates are not bad at all. I, t- I typically eat a lot of carbs, regardless of whether I'm trying to lose fat or build muscle. As long as your calorie intake set, it doesn't matter what your carb ratio is. If you prefer to eat more carbohydrates than fats and you're still sticking within your calorie goal, then guess what? You will lose fat. If you prefer to eat more fats than carbohydrates and you're still within your calorie goal, then guess what? You're still going to lose fat. But by no means should you be scared of eating carbohydrates and it's not something that you need to avoid to lose fat. That's probably the main point I want to get across is that if your goal is fat loss, and you don't need to cut out carbs. Carbs are not the enemy. Um, they're great for recovery. They're great for giving energy to train. Most people love carbs. I don't know that many people that hate carbohydrates. And what I always say is that flexibility is the key to sustainability. So if you're going to if you're going to follow a diet or a nutritional protocol where you're cutting out the things that you enjoy most, aka carbs, uh, then it's pointless because you're not going to stick to it for the rest of your life. And if it's something that's going to be temporary, then the results are going to be temporary as well. So that's number two. Number three, uh, number three of our bullshit myths is meal timing. Now, meal timing is irrelevant. It does not matter how many meals you eat per day as long as you stick within your calorie goal. Um, and you know, surely you're starting to see a bit of a trend here with what I'm saying is that fat loss is very dependent on your calorie intake and st- sticking to that consistently. Also hitting your protein intake and obviously we have our training um, side of that as well and do not get me wrong guys I'm not in no way shape or form am I saying that it is fat loss is as simple as calories in versus calories out because it does there are many other factors outside of training and nutrition such as your cortisol levels hormone levels how much sleep you're getting all that type of stuff and yes that is extremely important but in the end of the day when it comes to the science of losing fat that is actually what it takes calories in versus calories out uh, making sure you're trying to build and retain lean muscle mass um, and, and using conditioning or cardio as a tool for fat loss. But when we talk about meal timing, it means absolutely fuck all because it doesn't matter if you have two meals per day. It doesn't matter if you have six meals per day. And you know the smaller, more frequent meals, that's one of the biggest myths that we've been led to believe over the years is that it's going to increase your metabolism. It simply won't, okay? I've seen... Very similar, if not the same, if not better results from having less meals throughout the day compared to having smaller, more frequent meals because when you're having five to six small meals, you're consistently going to be hungry because you're never going to be satisfied after a meal because the meals are that small. 
if you're having a little bit bigger meals and less of them, then the likelihood of being hungry in between meals is actually quite low. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, you can go too small, in my opinion, and have only one to two meals. I, I prefer to stick at a minimum of three in terms of your protein distribution, but um, each to their own. But in terms of meal timing, don't worry about it. Number four, eating before bed or after 6 p.m. and a massive lull there because I used to believe this shit as well. I used to have dinner and then after dinner if I ate again before bed, like I was, I was an absolute nut job. I would try and do like exercise again because I thought that I'd eaten after dinner and for whatever reason, my body was going to store that as fat because I wasn't exercising before bed. And I know that sounds stupid, but so many people believe that and it's just not the truth. So... Your calorie goal over the span of the day is completely up to you when and how you reach that intake. And if you're eating just before bed, then do not stress about it. I typically have some of my biggest meals of the day or my biggest meal of the day before bed because I get home from work. I may not have had time to have as much food as I, as I would like throughout the day if I've been busy. So my last meal of the day might be huge. I'll go to bed feeling very full. I might you know, wait an hour or two after I finish my last meal to let it digest and do whatever I need to do go to bed, and, and that's it. I don't wake up in the morning fat, okay? That's, uh, that's a massive myth, and there's nothing that you should be scared about. Number five is genetics. Now, this, my friends, is a bullshit excuse and just another way of saying that you are lazy, and I'm sorry to say that, but the truth does hurt. If you are still using genetics as an excuse as to why you are not seeing results, you, my friend, are fucking lazy, and you know it comes across as so blunt but man i am sick of hearing this excuse typically when someone tells me that it's their genetics and we're going to get to another point here and i may as well just cut out number seven and change it to number six as well uh, number five as well so five and seven exactly the same basically the other one is metabolism so seven was going to be metabolism if you're using genetics and metabolism as an excuse then typically you are not putting in the consistent amount of work that is required to see the results in the first place and then that's your go-to excuse you know i'm oh what i feel like i hear the excuse all the time i'm big boned you know i genetically i can't lose as much body fat my meta- my metabolism slow now don't do not get me wrong metabolism being slow is a factor of fat loss but it is not the reason why you can not lose fat. You can still lose fat with a slow metabolism. It's just going to be harder. It's just going to require more of a calorie deficit. It's going to require you to actually be training properly and and be ticking all the boxes to achieve that. But on the other hand, if your metabolism has slowed right down and you have a damaged metabolism, your goal should not be fat loss in the first place. Your goal, your main priority should be your health and your health uh, is going to need you to actually increase that metabolism and build it back up again and try and rebuild what has been damaged because so many people do have damaged metabolisms from trying to overdiet, eating in too much of a calorie deficit when it's not needed and and suffering to the point where they're not eating enough calories, they're training way too much and over time that is going to damage your metabolism and make it harder to lose body fat but it doesn't mean that you can't lose body fat. And when we go back to genetics, again, do not use this as an excuse, okay? Yes, some people are more genetically blessed than others in terms of how easily they can lose fat or how how much that they can just stay lean or build muscle without even really having to try. But everyone still has to put in the work. It just may mean you need to put in the work a little bit more. And, and if you're using this excuse and it's time for you to, to suck it up, and stop using this excuse because it's you can't use it for the rest of your life. And if you're going to, then don't expect to see results. Now, number six, like I said, I, I basically paired in metabolism um, with 
with uh, with number five, number which was genetics. So number six is not using certain supplements and using that as an excuse as to why you're not losing fat. So you know people will say, oh, I'm not using a fat burner at the moment. I don't have a protein powder at the moment. So maybe I'll start next week or um, I'll see better results when I add in that fat burner. Couple of things, my friends. Firstly. A protein powder does not help you build muscle mass. It does not help you lose body fat any more than eating protein does. Okay, so if you're eating enough protein from food, which I would recommend in the first place, then the results are gonna be no different compared to whether or not you're having a shake. There's nothing magic in a protein shake that's going to make you build muscle or lose fat. Now, I do absolutely love having a protein shake or protein powder handy to be able to use when I'm traveling or if I'm at work and I I train and I want to get some protein in straight away after I finish and I don't have any food prepared then yeah protein is an absolute lifesaver it's fantastic but it's doing nothing different than eating your protein so just keep that in mind okay guys and and understand that the supplements are there to supplement your diet and training or your nutrition and training they're not there to replace it Okay, so unless you're ticking all the other boxes, they're going to do fuck all anyway. And when it comes to a fat burner, fat burners don't magically burn body fat, okay? They're not actually burning your body fat, to be perfectly honest. What they're doing is helping increase your metabolism a little bit uh, or elevate your heart rate a little bit most of the time, suppress your appetite. And, and, you know, there are certain ingredients in fat burners that are going to help um, metabolize fat stores and stuff like that but it's not it's not a magic pill it's not something that's drastically going to make a huge difference and i can tell you that from experience and now i absolutely love using them when i'm deep into a calorie deficit let's say one of my favorite supplements is by ehp labs and it's oxy oxy shred and that's one of my favorite supplements and purely because it just makes me feel good it helps my it enhances my mood it suppresses my appetite a little bit and it's got a bit of caffeine in it that's really why it's my favorite you know quote-unquote fat burner but it's not they're magically incinerating fat and making me absolutely shredded out of nowhere. It's because I'm putting in the hard work with the training and my calorie deficit, which is why I'm getting the results. So guys, these are probably the main ones that I wanted to to add in um, to this to this uh, this segment of the show today in terms of bullshit excuses as to why you're not losing body fat. And um, hopefully some of them resonate with you. And you know, you might have listened to a few of them and it might have been a wake-up call and you've gone, you know, yeah, I'm using this excuse or these are the things that are worrying me when I'm trying to lose fat. And that's what I'm thinking about. Keep it as simple as possible, guys. Stick to the foods that you enjoy. Eat enough micronutrients, okay? Hit your calorie goal, your protein minimum. And then if you want to stick to specific carbohydrates and fats, then perfect. That's something that I like to do when I'm in a, a deficit. Otherwise, just stick to your protein and calories, eat whatever carbohydrates and fats ratio you'd like. Consistency is going to be the absolute key. If you're not consistent, then you will not see results, guys. And and that's all I can really add to that, to that topic. Now, what I want to do for the second half of the show, as I mentioned before, is I want to go through my Instagram story. I'm just getting that up at the moment. Now, if you're not following me already, then please do, at DJK Fitness, I put out heaps of content pretty much every single day but i'm going to go through now and you know just bear with me because i haven't actually picked any of the questions yet but i'm going to find let's say we'll go five or six of the questions that i think are going to be the most beneficial to all of you um okay first question this kind of goes along with what we just talked about best way to cut and tone in addition to a calorie deficit now there is no in addition to a calorie deficit. The only thing that I would add to that is to make sure that your training 
is sufficient okay so you're lifting weights you're you're doing your resistance training your strength training you're trying to build muscle mass or at least retain your muscle mass and strength okay because when we talk about tone you know quote unquote tone and i've answered this on the question on the podcast before muscle definition and toning and all that type of stuff all those you know those buzzwords that you you see thrown around in the industry is simply building muscle mass and reducing your overall body fat to make it low enough to reveal the shape of your muscle. That's what tone is, okay? So the the biggest thing, like everyone understands you need to eat less and train more or, or at least be training uh, enough to lose body fat. But the thing that people struggle with the most is neither of those two. It's consistency. It's not sticking to it long enough and it's everyone expecting it to happen overnight and just looking for the next, the next best, best thing, the next quick fix, and it's just not going to happen like that. Um... Okay, I'm not actually going to answer this question as a serious question because I don't know if it's serious, but I just thought I'd add this in there because it's hilarious. How do I lose muscle mass in my calves? I've always had naturally bulky legs. Fuck me. I will take the muscle off you and put it on my own calves. So if you're willing to give it away, um, name your price and and it's sold. Easy. Um, What is your thoughts on intermittent fasting? Uh, I've answered this question so many times and I'm going to quickly answer it again. My thoughts on intermittent, intermittent fasting. If it suits your lifestyle, then absolutely go for it. If you don't usually eat breakfast in the morning, if you, if you enjoy eating in a small window of the day, then go for it. Um, if not, then that is fine because this is the thing. A calorie deficit is a calorie deficit. Regardless of how many hours you eat those calories in, how many meals you spread it over, it's all the same shit. The results are going to be the same. In my opinion, eating... a uh, Eating, you know, spread out throughout the day, or dependent on on what your day looks like, your how your lifestyle is set up, is going to be way more beneficial than restricting yourself to certain hours of the day. Because there are a couple of points. One, what happens when you go out for breakfast when you're fa- with your family or friends, or let's say you're on vacation, you got a buffet breakfast, or you're on a cruise and there's a, a big breakfast. What are you going to do? You're going to leave it, man. Fuck that. Firstly, and secondly. The other part of that, guys, is that in my opinion, it creates an unhealthy relationship with food. You're constantly eating massive meals. So on the days that you do decide to eat outside of that window and, you know, you may go and have breakfast and go, you know, okay, today I'm not going to eat my calories in that small window. I'm just going to have them throughout the day. Your body and your mind are so used to having big meals. It's going to be very hard for you to eat over the span of a full day and not blow out your calorie intake because you're so used to eating so many meals. So my thoughts are... If it works for you, then 100% spot on. If not, that's fine because if you're in a deficit, regardless of whether you're intermittent fasting or not, it's going to work over time. What's the number one belief people have about eating well that isn't correct? This is a great question. The number one belief that people have about about eating that's just not correct is that you, all you need to do is eat healthy, okay? Because it's just guesswork. If, you're, if you don't at least have a rough idea or if you have not been... Okay, this is the thing. People, some people are going to be listening to this show that have been tracking macros and doing flexible dieting for years now. And that's I'm in that boat as well. So I can get away with not tracking my macros at all and have a very good idea of how much I'm eating and stay consistent to whether or not I need to be in a deficit or a surplus. Now, typically, I'll only do that when I'm in a surplus because... I'm not too stressed about a little bit of extra body fat gain, but also half the time the problem is not getting enough calories. But if I'm in a deficit, I'll be tracking. If you've been doing it for long enough, yeah, you'll get, get fantastic at eyeballing it. You'll know how much food your body needs. That's perfect. But for most people, if you're just guessing how many calories you're having or at least not knowing a rough number, then it is just guesswork. Yes, you may lose fat. 
guess what? You may also put on body fat. You may also see no results at all, but you're not going to know why that reason is. Okay, so eating healthy food is not good enough because half the time in the first place, half the time the healthy food has more calories in it than the food that you would typically enjoy or usually eat anyway. Okay, let's use an example of, let's say, a vegan slice. Um, okay, have you, if you haven't seen the, the amount of calories in some of these slices and cakes and replacement foods and all this stuff, then you would be extremely shocked to know that you'd just be better, if you're not vegan, that is, you'd be better off just to eat regular slice or regular whatever it is. So I think the, the biggest belief that people have about eating well that isn't correct is that you just need to eat healthy foods, okay? It doesn't really, it doesn't come down to what you're eating. I think that's the biggest thing that I learned early on is that it doesn't come down to what you're eating. That's not what's going to give you the results. There's no such thing as fat loss food and muscle building food. There is just food, okay? And yes, some food is more nutrient dense than others, obviously. But if you are reaching your calorie goal, regardless of whether the food is seen as you know, healthy or, or, or fat loss food because there's no such thing and you're going to see results. So that's probably the biggest belief that people have that um, is no good. All right, looking for this next question. Thoughts on drinking slash nights out? Um, I think they're fine. If you, again, if you're accounting for the calories you're taking in from alcohol, and I've been over this on the show before, I think, um, but if you're just going out for a few drinks, then... It's, it's easy. You track those drinks in your calories, keeping in mind that there's there's empty calories in alcohol. Um, what I'll typically do, let's say, for example, I'm going to have a beer, and this is just a very rough example. Um, let's just say, not even a beer, let's just say I'm having a shot or something, and it's worth 100 calories. What I would do is I would either divide that 100 by 4 and take those calories from my carbohydrate intake for the day. So it'd be 25 grams of carbs or I'd divide it by 9 and take it from my fat intake to the day, for the day, which would be just over 11 grams. Um, as long as it's accounted for, it's fine. Obviously, if you're excessively drinking or drinking too much consistently, then it is going to have an effect on your fat loss. It's going to slow it down. It's going to reduce your test levels, all that type of stuff. And if you're having massive blowouts and binge drinking, then it's going to be extremely hard to track your calorie intake and it may have an effect. It will have an effect, um, but it's just like anything else. Everything in moderation. I still do it. I still go out from time to time. Um, there'll be days where I do track it. I might just have a glass of wine or a couple of glasses of wine with a steak for dinner. And yes, 100%, I will track that. There'll be days where I go out and I don't track it at all. I just go out and have fun with my friends. Um, I'll probably drink too much. You know, we're only human. Um, and I don't track it. But the thing is, the, the, the trap that most people get caught in is not so much the day that they're drinking, it's the day or the days after. You want to get straight back to your macro targets. You want to get straight back to your training. Hydrate more than what you usually would. Sleep more than you usually would. Um, and then get back on track straight away. Don't let that one bad day turn into multiple bad days or a full week. Um, should fruit be should fruit be had early in the day, and is it better to have pre or post workout? Um, I think fruit. It doesn't really matter when you have it. Firstly, um, but in terms of training performance, carbohydrates before and after training are fantastic. So, or I tend to find that I train better on carbs before if I have some carbohydrates before my training. So, um, I would say fruit before training, um, and then having your protein and, and whatever other carbohydrate source if that's what you want to have post training. Um, let's get through a couple more questions here, guys, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, best 
workout for growing your bum, growing your glutes. Um, there's another exercise that I think are fantastic for growing glutes. In the end of the day, it comes down to consistently, progressively overloading, um, being consistent with your training. There's no one magic exercise that's going to make you um, grow massive glutes. Uh, there's a number of exercises, so I'll reel them off. So squats, obviously, they're one of my favorites. Uh, lunges are amazing and all different variations. So your split squats, um, reverse lunges, forward lunges, walking lunges, all that type of stuff are great. Uh, barbell hip thrust, one of my absolute favorites, and we can add in bands and stuff like that as well um, for that. Uh, reverse or glute hamstring raises, which you may have seen on my Instagram, I think are fantastic. Romanian deadlifts are fantastic. Sumo deadlifts are fantastic. Uh, Step-ups are extremely good. Now, what, what I'd probably mainly say about this though guys is that you want to pick exercises that you can overload such as the ones that i've just mentioned although exercises such as donkey kicks and crab walk with bands and all that stuff are fantastic for for activating your glutes and, and feeling that burn in your glutes it's very hard to overload them so over time you're not going to be able to give your muscles enough reason to change and grow um, so they're great for the start of the the uh, session or when you're traveling and still getting a good burn towards the end of the workout if that's what you want to do but in terms of overload, stick to those big compound movements and that's what's going to give you um, the best results. Tips on how to get all your calories in when you're in a surplus. So if you're struggling to eat enough food in a calorie surplus, then my biggest go-to is smoothies. Okay, so I'll add in a bunch of stuff into a smoothie. Um, my go-to, even for fat loss, my go-to um, when I'm trying to keep my calories low for a smoothie is just banana. So I'll put in one banana, a handful of frozen berries, a little bit of water, a handful of ice, a scoop of protein powder. Now that's kind of the lower calorie version. If I want to increase the calories, I'll just add things like oats, peanut butter, honey, whatever it may be, and it's easy to get those calories up straight away um, without, without really feeling any difference in terms of your, your hunger or, or finding it hard to get in those calories. Uh, we got one here from, from Angry Dad. Do you think somewhere under 136 kilograms, my ribs still actually exist? <laughs> yes, Mark, they do. You need to come in and see me, big fella, and we'll, we'll, um, we'll find them. All right. Um, there's so many questions here, and I'm going to answer a few of them on my Instagram. So if you're listening to today's episode and you haven't heard an answer to your question, I may have answered it on, uh, on my Instagram how do I speed up Dom's recovery? I want to work out but feel limited. So this will be the last question, guys, and I'll wrap it up. So I might even save some of these for an episode next week. Uh, my go-to recovery process, I guess, um, and I'm a little bit limited on time sometime as well, is I will, first off, um, I will foam roll after I finish my workout and I will stretch. I will then... Uh, after I foam roll and stretch... Sorry, I got a bit distracted there. Uh, I will then go home, have my protein um, within a couple of hours. So I'll try and get in a high quality protein source and some carbohydrates. Um, that's what works best for me. I'll stretch again later in the day. Um, and then before bed, uh, mind you, I'll also be hydrating a lot. So hydration is very underrated in terms of recovery. Before bed, I will use magnesium. Um, at the moment, I'm using Salt Lab. It's a magnesium oil spray. I find that works really effectively. I'll put about four to five sprays on my stomach before I go to sleep. Um, and, and that seems to do the trick for me in terms of helping with muscle soreness. And then the next thing is sleep. Sleep is so, so important and we don't get enough of it. Um, I'm probably the worst at it. I don't get anywhere near enough sleep. Um, but it, it, sleep is such a big one in terms of recovery that people kind of under 
underestimate the power of how much sleep can help you recover. Outside of that, guys, so I've got foam rolling, stretching, hydration, nutrition, sleep recovery. Um, I find that cold showers work really well. Um, if you have access to an ice bath, even better. Hot, cold therapy where you're going from a hot shower to a cold shower. There's so many endless different recovery techniques, but those are the ones that I find work the best. Now, keep in mind, if you're just new to training, you're going to be sore. It's just a part of it. Um, you need to, instead of instead of smashing yourself in the gym and then being sore for a week, then maybe you need to look at reducing your overall training load and volume initially and, and gradually build your body up to it. You wouldn't, um, you know, after not running for 10 years or let's say five years, you wouldn't just come back and, and try and sprint as fast as you possibly could um, every single day of the week because you would be extremely sore and you'd probably pull a hamstring and your body wouldn't agree with you. It's exactly the same as when we when we go into the gym and lift weights. We need to start slow, build our way up, um, gain some momentum and give our body a chance to adapt before we start to really increase that intensity over time to make sure we're not injuring ourselves and make sure that we can recover enough to get our sessions done again throughout the week because if I go in on a Monday, absolutely demolish myself and my body's fucked until thursday and i don't train again until then i've just missed out on three days that i could potentially be doing more work getting more you know investing more into my body in those few days where i didn't train um if, just by having a, a, a less or a lower intensity workout on the monday okay because you don't need to smash yourself every time you go into the gym progressive overload is the key yes but you don't need to leave the gym feeling like you've just been in a car crash every time you've been there okay um, so that is that is going to wrap up today's podcast episode uh, about right on 30 minutes pretty spot on here I'm absolutely steaming in this car here um, so I hope you guys have enjoyed today's episode it's been a fun one to record like I said I'm going to put up some of these questions on my Instagram story today and some of them I'll save uh, for next week so thanks for sending those through hope you've taken some value from today's episode if you have please do take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram story tag me I love to hear your feedback it really does all count so if you're listening to it even if you post up a, a thing on your story after every episode i'd love for you to continue doing it because it does uh, make a big difference and, and help me get a little bit higher on those rankings on itunes and spotify as well thank you guys appreciate you tuning in look forward to chatting to you again in next week's episode